You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the first Toolstation Western League podcast of 2020. My name is Ian Knockholds and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Tom, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you have a good good couple of couple of weeks. Obviously, we've been off. Did you have a good time? Did you drink too much and eat too much? I think definitely the eating part was, um, yeah, that, that would that would probably be, you'd put me in that bracket, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you've, shown, yeah. you've shown more restraint than I have then. <laughs> I, I spent too much, I ate too much and I drank too much and I feel... Done it properly. Well, I feel decidedly rough um, <laughs> as we as we enter the new year. This is probably not the way that one should go on. Didn't see a great deal of football actually over the um, uh, over the festive period. Although I'm pleased to say that, bearing in mind some of the weeks we had in December, the fixture list didn't get um, destroyed as perhaps it could have done, and we actually managed to get some games. So mm. um, so that was a bit of a relief. But I did manage to see the um, the second half of Devizes against Almondsbury on on Saturday, which is um, probably not a game that will live long in the memory although it did have some rather tasty moments um but um yes anyway it was nice to get down there even my wife joined me uh, and the kids so that was a very pleasant family occasion we are going to be looking at the uh, the fixtures on saturday the 4th of january of course we've had our winter break and there was plenty of exciting action across the western league uh including of course many of our boxing day derbies but um you know time and tide waits for no man or indeed woman and um, we'll, we'll, we'll skip on to the most recent uh, set of fixtures, which, of course, the first fixtures of 2020, which took place on Saturday, the 4th of January. And we're kicking off in the beautiful Somerset town of Bridgewater, Tom. We are. Uh, yeah, a pretty, pretty exciting game there. Uh, dramatic, dramatic finish. Um, yeah, Bridgewater coming from behind uh, to see off Bridport, obviously. Uh, Bridport at the wrong end of the table, so this would have been quite a, quite a result for them. And uh, yeah, they they'd fallen behind to a Jake Llewellyn penalty, uh, but then Bridport scored twice in the space of five minutes at the end of the first half, uh, through Will Gape and Declan Cornish uh, to take a yeah take a surprise lead at the break. Uh, but Bridgewater, yeah, in front of a in front of a good good home crowd as always, did manage to turn it round, and it was Sam Towler uh, who was their saviour. Uh, he drew the drew the home side level ten minutes into the second half, uh, and then yeah, uh, pretty late on, uh, he completed the comeback with a with a another goal after a. a a cut back from Jake Brown, so uh, Bridgewater eventually uh, running out three two winners. Yeah, Bridport certainly not the pushovers. No, um, they were uh, earlier in the season. They, their form has certainly picked up, and um, a, a, a good performance there to start the year. As you say, a, a very good crowd, and that was a bit mm. of a theme, wasn't it? We had a lot of good crowds, three figure crowds, always good to see. But certainly, we got three crowds over two hundred uh, on Saturday, the fourth of January. So that just goes to show that uh, the Western League is uh, alive and well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's starved a little bit because there was, um, I think, New Year's Day there wasn't anything on, so maybe maybe the uh, the fans were were back amongst it uh, on Saturday. But yeah, some really good really good crowds, uh, especially as you say in the in the Premier Division. Uh, now our next game features Clevedon Town. They were at home to a rejuvenated Buckland Athletic. Yeah, and it was another another pretty entertaining game there as well. Uh, a last minute winner. Uh, for, for Buckland uh, taking a 3-2 victory away at Clevedon so another another five goal thriller if you will uh, Lloyd Gardner giving giving Buckland a 31st minute lead uh, but then Archie Ferris uh, turning the game on its head uh, scoring twice in the space of 10 minutes uh, to put Clevedon ahead uh, by two goals to one at the break uh, it was then Richard Groves uh, yeah 
it does a, does a lot of good stuff for Buckland. Uh, he managed to get them back on level terms early in the second half, uh, and then yeah, with with it looking like a, a draw was probably on the cards. Uh, Nathan Cooper managed to, to provide a, a through ball to Will Hancocks, uh, who took the ball home, and it was Buckland who took away all three points. Now, our next uh, match features uh, Hallen, and they were in um, mean goal-scoring form against um, against Cadbury Heath. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hallen up to fourth now, uh, following this win. They're doing really well. And it was, yeah, a former Heath uh, player, uh, Sasha Tong, who was uh, the star for the home side. He scored a hat-trick uh, against his former side, so a good afternoon for him. Uh, Aaron Robbins uh, had put them ahead, uh, and he scored twice in the afternoon as well. He scored neither half. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, Tong who, who was the hero for Hallen, uh, scoring twice during the second half uh, to complete complete his, uh, his hat-trick, as I say. One of the one of the informed strikers and uh, yeah, Hallam, one of the informed teams, a five 0 win over Cadbury Heath. It was a fantastic result for Hallam in what's been a very difficult uh, week for the for the Bristol club since that game. Um, the club have announced online um, the passing of um, of two very important club men, Darren Butter, a player and reserve uh, team manager, and uh, also Dave Cairns, who has uh, uh, has been a physio and uh, and the kit man at the club. So a very difficult uh, week for Hallam. Um, but um, I'm sure I speak for everybody across the Western League when I say that that club is very much in our thoughts at the moment at this difficult time. Uh, finally, in the Premier Division, we finish off uh, with high-flying Plymouth Parkway. They took on Brislington in front of a very handsome crowd of 212. They're getting good crowds down there most weeks and, uh, yeah, getting good results there as well. Uh, a 3-1 win uh, this time over Brislington, who've had a, a pretty good uh, first half to the season. Uh, so not not the easiest of games for Parkway to start the new year, but uh, yeah, they managed to to pull out the three-one victory. Uh, Thirteen minutes in, uh, an Aaron Bentley had to put them ahead, but then Brisington uh, got back on level terms. Uh, Nikhail Plummer, their top scorer this year, uh, he managed to to level the scores. Jordan Cop then had a, a penalty save for the for the home side early in the second half, uh, but that didn't uh, didn't put them off. And uh, yeah, two goals from top scorer Adam Carter uh, during the final half hour. One of those was a was a penalty, so he took over took over those duties, uh, put it past the the Brisington keeper Ben Pater, who'd obviously earlier made a made a save from Cop, but uh, yeah. Yeah, couldn't 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 fought Carter. Uh, as I say, he scored twice, and uh, yeah, Parkway running out three-one winners over Brislington. So a good win there for for Parkway, and uh, I thought this was a good time to get back in touch with um, the Parkway manager Lee Hobbs. Now, in this corresponding fixture last season, Plymouth Parkway lost to Brislington. So I started by asking Lee whether or not last season's result had played on his mind. 100. You know, I've said all along that. There's no easy games in this league, and the teams like Brisbane on Saturday and Benson tonight, they're dangerous opponents, and you'll have to work hard to win um, to get the three points. So, they're equally as, as, as tough games as what, the, as what the big games are. Um, if anything, they're hard to reorder because they come with different game plans, and they're, they're harder to break down, and if they've got something to hang on to, they hang on to it, and they put their bodies on the line. And, and they stay in games. And it isn't until you take the games away from these so-called table teams that you, you become, that, that you win the game. Um, but, yeah, they're hard. They're hard. And like I say, Brisbane, they've been a we beat them last year, so it was, it was an important three points. Uh, going into that Boxing Day fixture, you, you hadn't actually played um, 
since December the 7th. So was that, a, was that a problem for you? I mean, traditionally, Christmas, of course, is a very busy period, but I suppose with these weather disruptions, you probably haven't had the, the games that perhaps you'd had in, tr- in previous seasons. No, it was all up against us, to be fair. That's how the stuff we had. We had four starters, if you like, missing. Obviously, three through suspension and one through unavailability. And obviously then, not having played for a few weeks, obviously you're training, but training can't prepare you for, for what match fitness is. So it was always against us, but I trusted what I had on the day. And unfortunately, unfortunately we couldn't against a good team in Tavistock, who who obviously took the spoils, but yeah, you lack of you lack of game time. You can't dwell on it. You know, it's the same for everyone. Um, December was a very wet month, and no, the weather seems to turn a little bit. But no doubt, over the next coming weeks, it'll it, it turn again. But that's winter, and yeah, at this level of football, you got to get through. Of course, Tavistock are one of uh, a growing number of Devon sides uh, in the in the Western League, which means that you're playing more derby matches than, of course, you did last season. Is that a factor for you? Do you think that that's making your um, task um, to to try and win the league um, that much harder this season? Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that. You're saying there's more derby matches. There's only three. There's 21 teams in the league, so you're only playing six games out of the four weeks. The league's was going to have more Devon sides in it next year, as well as the prospect of sides coming in from Cornwall as well. What do you think that this expansion means for the league? Do, do, you, uh, do the teams from the peninsula view um, the opportunity to play in the Western League as a positive? Probably not, but for me, this has been long overdue. Um, mandatory promotions should have happened a long, long time ago. Um, these, these clubs like so houses and your houses are looking favourites to come into it. I can't speak on behalf of Elston, but so I probably don't really want to, but for, for, for the direction, the next step for the football club, it, it has to be to test themselves against better opposition and better opponents. I know the logistics of it with regards to financial kind of an impact on these football clubs, but they've got to get themselves set and they, they, they've got to deal with it and, and that's what it is and hopefully hopefully we're not in and around that cluster of um, local clubs if you like and hopefully we're not an income of course, one of the features of having more um, clubs from the from the peninsula into the Western League is that it, it, it has raised um, issues and questions over travel distances. And you yourselves, you've got a, a trip up to Bristol um, this evening, haven't you, to play to play Canesham? Now, I know in our previous conversations you've always been quite stoic about this, but I mean, do you think that, um, um, that that this is an issue that perhaps the Football Association need to look at? In that, if you want to expand the game and talk about you know, mandatory promotion as you just have, that actually clubs which um, play at, at steps five and six, if they've got 
travel over a certain number of miles, that, that perhaps some of the riches at the top of the game could be used to support the growing game at the base of the pyramid? That would be fantastic, and I'm sure if you were that the more committee, uh, they, they would be very open to accept that with their, as well. However, the big ones that in the don't really think about the minerals at the lower level of grassroots football, and it's all about the top end, as we all know. Um, so, yeah, listen, it's, it's the opportunity for that sort of thing. The finances were made available for the longer distance travelling, and I'm sure every football club will be open to listen to what the proposals were with that. Um, every penny out here. And, and you know, like you say, for us, long distance travellers for the last two years now, we accepted that it is what it is. We live in Plymouth, which is borderline no man's land in football in terms of geographically. But we, we get on with it, and you don't hear us whinge or moan about going to there or anywhere because it's too far. It's just that's the nature of the permit system, which we fully accept. Now, um, on the subject of travel, you, you've, you're off to Canesham, as I said, to, um, tonight, and then your fans have got the small matter of a trip to Suffolk on Saturday. Um, do you, on a serious note, obviously, you know, the whole of the Western League's behind you in your game against um, Woodbridge Town, but are you concerned at all that that, that run in the Vars that you're on might detract from uh, your good form in the league? No, not at all. Um, I think you've only got to look at winning last year and coming of their achievements of going to the later stages, um, going to the later stages in those tenants, as well as winning the title. So, now the depth of my squad is, is where I would like to be, and I, I feel we can call upon any seven league players as and when we need to, because they don't have any games, so we don't get caught out with depth. Um, but what we've done, we, we've been away twice in Southampton, and and one in pool. So we've been going unlucky with the draws in the bars, but well, it's, it's big days out for our supporters, and we'll take the 40 to um, Ipswich on this weekend. Well, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a brilliant weekend. Um, if we win, if we manage to win, it will just be the ocean on the cake for all, for all involved with the football club. This month could be pivotal to your season. So, if you had to pick, which is the bigger game? Do you think the vast trip away to Woodbridge, or the midweek um, journey up to Bradford Town? I think they're both big games here. I mean, they, they both got their own individual riches. The difference with the Vars is if you get beat, you're knocked out. If you get, if you go to Bradford and you win or lose, you've got another another 22 games to claw those points back and have to play them again. So. I think they're equally both. For us, every game's a big one because the demand and the expectation for myself is we have to win every single game. Um, so whether it's the Brisbane team, Kenton, or whether it's the them, or Woodbridge, or Bradford Town, they're, they're all massive games for us because we're at the we're, we're, we're turned the corner with regards to the years and we're, we're going into the second half of the season where there's no margin for error for anyone, not just us. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. 
Now, moving on to the first division, and we kick off with the Bishops of Sutton. They were at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and, uh, well, a fantastic start to, to 2020 for Bishop Sutton. Uh, ending a run of uh, nine matches without a, a win in the league. Uh, so, obviously, a much-needed much needed three points against Oldland. Uh, yeah, they scored twice in the final 15 minutes uh, to run out of it. And this one, I think the game was one all uh, going into that, that the closing stages. Uh, but a 3-1 win. Uh, and their goals coming from Callum Baker, Frank Gingle and uh, Adam Mardy. So, yeah, good, good start to the year for, for Bishop Sutton. Well, we haven't had Bishop Sutton featured on the podcast this season, so I thought that excellent result against Oldland Abertonians was an opportunity to remedy that. So I started my conversation with their manager, Derry Nathasing, by reflecting on what was an excellent result for the North East Somerset side. Great performance. Boys worked well for each other. And we, the chances went in. That was... Um, that was the good thing about it. Start of the year, we, we've had chances, previous games, but can't seem to get them in the back of the net. But they went in, they went in on Saturday. That win has been a, a long time coming, hasn't it? I mean, that must have been quite a frustrating run of games for you over the last couple of months. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, most of the games, we we should have got something from them. Should have got something from most of the games. Um, played played most of the top teams and. And did very well against them, actually. Should have got something from all those games. But that that one there is our first win since the Radstock game when we played Radstock at home. Yeah, I mean, ironically enough, of course, you had a very difficult day at the office against Radstock earlier um, in uh, in December. But you did run Wells close. And, of course, we know that R- Wells have been on a very good run of form. So when you look at the performances, you know, that you've had, the Oldland Abertonians win, the good performance clearly against Wells, and then that difficult result against Radstock, which do you think, in your opinion, is the real Bishop Sutton? The one against Wells, I think. The one, the one against Wells and the one Saturday just gone against um, uh, Oldland. I think because we went back to doing things simple, working for each other, and that's the way it's got to be. Really, you know, we'd lost, we'd lost some of that. We, we were a team of individuals, I'd say, a bit before that, but uh, we're pulling together now, and hopefully, you know, we'll, you know, we, we've got a game tomorrow night. We've got Warminster at home tomorrow night, if weather permitting, and uh, you know, we'll be doing the same there. Yeah, we'll have a chat about that Warminster game in a minute. But if we look back at December and November for you, you only had two games in December and only three in November. Now, obviously, if a club is short of um, good form, from your perspective as manager, has that poor run of um, fixture availability, has that been a help for you or a hindrance? To be fair, I'd say a bit of both. I'd say a bit of both because... Still building a side. Signed two lads on last week. Still building. Obviously, um, coming in from the start of the season, inheriting what players we had, players left for different types of reasons. I.e., I, maybe I didn't think they were good enough, or i.e., they didn't like what I were doing. I was doing so. Either way, players left, and so there were still players coming in, coming in. And you know, if there's anybody else available to me, you I classes can do a job and help us in it, you know, I'll bring them in as well. So we're still building. But um, so those games that were called off, sometimes it was a help, sometimes it was a hindrance, if you know what I mean. Uh, on the help side, 
maybe didn't have the right players in the right position, so was pretty glad they were off, to, if you want honesty. Um, and sometimes no, because you know we might have played well in the, in the game before that, and, and certain people were available for that game, and uh, the game was called off. So, so in that respect, no. So it's been 50-50 with that for me. Now, of course, we've talked about that win against um, Oldland Abertonians. You know, that's a great way to start this year. But the end of 2019 was a difficult year. It was a difficult start to this season for you. So what what are your expectations for the rest of this season? Not to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not to go down. Just to see where it takes us, to be fair, Ian. Just to see where it takes If we can keep, like I said, we get something from games we play now. We've got to be getting something from every game we play now. Be it win or draw. But we've got to be getting something. And just see where it takes us. Preferably the win. And, and just see where it takes us, to be fair. Now, you've come up against uh, Wells, of course. We talked about that game on the Boxing Day, and you've had a couple of games against Radstock as well. So when you look back on the, um, on the season that you've had so far, which of the teams in the First Division have impressed you the most? Which do you think will be there or thereabouts when it comes to the end of the season? I'd say definitely Radstock. Definitely Radstock. Very well organised. Cheddar. Good side. Um... Not, no disrespect to anyone else, but that's that's about it for me so far. Because we still we still have to play quite a few that we haven't played at all. Um, because obviously our um, our game's called off. I mean, we yeah. got in January now. We've got a midweek game every week, so we play Tuesday, maybe next Wednesday, and then midweek again then midweek again until the end of the month as well as Saturday so we're doing Saturday midweek Saturday midweek so there's teams we haven't come across yet so but the two so far I'd say would be those for me now you've got Warminster up next and then Hengrove and now given that both of those teams find themselves towards the bottom of the league table do, do you feel that both of those games represent an opportunity for your side to get some get some more points on the board I, I think so, yeah. I think so, without saying a doubt. Yeah, we can't be looking at, like I just said, you're not losing those games. To, to be fair, Ian, I think... I, I know where they are, but the way that... If you look at the way some of the results have been going, especially in the early part of the season, everybody's been beating everybody at the early part. Of the, so it, it's how we... It's how we face the game, how we, we, we hold ourselves... If, you know, if we if we do the right things, then we'll get something from from our games. I know that for a fact. But to answer your question, yes, we got to be looking at getting something from those two games. Derry, th- thank you very much um, for taking the time to speak to us on the on the podcast. This is obviously the first time we've had a chance to have a chat with you. So, can you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Bishop Sutton dugout? <laughs> Um, where, where do you want me to start? I, mean, I, I want you to start at the very beginning. I've got a feeling that you've led a very interesting life. <laughs> not really. No, no not really. To, to the dugout, I'd say really, was, was with St. Phillips Marsh, Phillips Marsh as a player and then a player, uh, um, a player assistant manager. And what started the, the move, really, I suppose, towards that was we were taken over by Lebec. 
you, you know them, you've heard of Lebec, they're actually in our league now, and the team that's in our league, I, that was my side. That was the, I did run them until got, I got them from the second division in the, oh, what's it called, Suburban, Suburban League, to the Suburban Prem Prem, and then I left them there, and then they progressed to the the county league, and then obviously won the county league and came into the in our league now, Western League. But from from Lee Beck, who I also played for as well on a on, on a Saturday in the Vets, uh, I progressed then to Bit to Bitten Bitten Reserves, where I spent three good good seasons there with them. Nice place, nice club, nice people. I enjoyed a Bitten. At the beginning of this season, I wasn't going to carry on with football. I was going to call it a day now. But then a few people said to me, well, we we want to play. We might, we don't want to play for nowhere. So I carried on and just went for the interview for um, for Bishop Sutton. And uh, lo and behold, here I am. And my thanks to Derry for his time. Now, um, from Bishop Sutton, we go to Bishop's Lydiard, of course we do. And they were in um, they were in very good form against Welton Rovers. Yeah, they were. Uh, and uh, Jake Quick in particular, uh, uh, plundering a hat-trick for, for the home side in this one. Uh, he lobbed the keeper from a tight angle uh, in the 18th minute to, to put them ahead uh, before then striking again uh, at the end of the first half uh, to put the, put the home side two up at the break. Uh, he then made it 3-0, uh, 20 minutes from time, so it was a bit of a one-man show at that stage. Uh, Welton did pull a goal back uh, from long range through Lewis Coleman, but then it was a, a wonder strike of their own from Mark Clooney, uh, rounding out. Um, yeah, Bishop Zidiard's first home win uh, since mid-September, would you believe it? So uh, yeah, a good afternoon for for Jake Quick and uh, Bishop Zidiard. That last goal scorer, that was Mark Clooney, was it? That's correct. Yeah. Is he, do you think he's known as George in the dressing room? I would hope so. Spelled differently, but I would I would hope there's some sort of. Uh, some sort of link there. Yeah, jolly good. I, I, we're going to be getting plenty of that uh, in 2020, listeners. So, uh, so, uh, so, so brace yourselves. Right then, um, moving on to Longwell Green Sports. Now we could talk about the nine goals. In fact, you're going to talk about the nine goals that occurred in this uh, this extraordinary game, Tom. But it's another opportunity to applaud the attendances. 135 watched this first division uh, encounter, just proving that it's not just the uh, the Premier Division where there are the big attendances. Um, the first division can boast a couple itself. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Longwell Green going going great guns uh, in the league, uh, sitting top, and um, yeah, but uh, an impressive impressive crowd, and they were certainly treated to a, a, a fantastic afternoon entertainment. Uh, Perfect way to to start the year. Um, Longwell Green eventually running out five four winners uh, at home to Bristol Telephones. Um, yeah, only suffering four defeats uh, in the first half of the season. Longwell Green. So as I say, going going good guns, but they were yeah well behind in this one. Uh, Darnie Golding, uh, he deserves uh, yeah quite the shout. Out. He scored four goals in the first half uh, for Bristol Telephones, um, and yeah visitors leading by four goals to two at the interval. And looking, yeah, looking like they were going to make the uh, the, the dream start to the year. Uh, but Longwell Green, obviously, um, yeah, they're top for a reason. They had other ideas and they came back and, and managed to, to pull out the 5-4 win. Um, so, yeah, quite a dramatic afternoon. Uh, four different goal scorers, including uh, there was an awesome known goal. But uh, Tom Welling, Kyle Box, Liam Oswin and then Sam Crum, who's uh, among their leading scorers this season, each found the back of the net uh, in a, yeah, a highly dramatic afternoon at Shellard's Road, and it was Longwell Green, as I say, running out of 5-4 winners over Darnie Golding and Bristol Telephones. 
uh, top versus bottom there. And I mean, the positive news really for Telephones fans is that, I mean, that does go to show that there is fight in that mm. particular dog. Absolutely. And I'm sure that they'll take some positives from that going into the uh, the rest of the fixtures in 2020. Because if they can keep that sort of form up against the league leaders, um, then, um, then they'll certainly be optimistic they can move away from the bottom. Before we move on to our final game, um, I am going to do, give a notable mention to um, Warminster Town, uh, their home game against Radstock Town, because uh, I've just applauded the Longwell Green attendance, and 152 uh, were at um, uh, Weymouth Street for, for that game. Um, another fantastic result for the Miners, it has to be said, but we do have to take our hat off to, to Warminster Town um, because those fans really do come out and support their side. So, uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, our final match in the first division is uh, another very compre- uh, comprehensive scoreline. Somewhat surprising, really, when you look at the two teams involved. I mean, Wells City, we know that they're going well, but um, they really put Sherbourne Town to the sword, and Sherbourne have been in very good form uh, recently, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it was it was tight for, for most of the contest. Wells running out uh, five one winners in the end, but there was quite a few few late goals. So Sherbourne certainly not disgracing this one, and it was it. Obviously, two of the two of the top five. Uh, coming together there uh, at the athletic ground. But it was Wells who won. Uh, it was level at the break. Josh Williams uh, equalising for Sherborne uh, after Craig Herod had, had put Wells ahead uh, in the 11th minute. Herod then did uh, restore the, uh, the the home side's advantage 10 minutes into second half uh, before a headed effort from uh, Harvey Hadrill put the, put the home side 3-1 up. Uh, as I say, with 20 minutes to go. Uh, and then it was Harry Foster. He's having a, a really good can- campaign for Wales. Uh, he scored twice in the closing stages um, to, to run out, to, to help uh, his side run out 5-1 winners. And I must say, uh, Herod uh, scoring twice and also providing the free assists uh, for the other goals. So a fantastic afternoon for, for him. And uh, yeah, ended up being a really good one for Wales. So 5-1 win over Sherbourne. Excellent stuff. Now then, we will cast our eyes forward to the uh, the upcoming weekend. There is um, there are some uh, midweek fixtures uh, in the Premier and First Divisions, as well as a, a couple of uh, Les Phillips Cup ties as well. But really, we're going to focus on Saturday, the 11th of January. And really, there's nothing more important at this stage of the season than the FA Vars fourth round. And uh, we've got three ties to uh, to talk about, Tom. Well, we do, we do. Um, obviously, I think we we had a chat. Uh, when when the draw was made, that it was a bit of a disappointment that quite a, well four of our five sides left uh, are meeting each other, but it does does set up a few uh, titanic clashes. Uh, we've got Bitten uh, hosting Warminster, obviously Warminster uh, going great guns in this competition, and obviously a yeah, tough afternoon they'll they'll provide for Bitten hopefully, and then also Buckland versus Bradford. Uh, so those are the two uh, all tool station uh, games, uh, and then we've got Plymouth Parkway obviously going great guns in the league at the moment. Uh, they're on their travels. Uh, they take on Eastern Counties League uh, side Woodbridge Town, uh, the Woodpeckers. So, uh, yeah, all the best to, to those five sides uh, in the competi- left in the competition. And obviously a couple will will make it through to, through to the next round and hopefully uh, Parkway can join them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how those, those run out on Saturday. Plymouth to um, to Norfolk. That's going to mm. be a bit of a flog, isn't it? But yeah, um, I mean, they they love they do support their team in numbers. We've seen that with their home attendances, but I know their so, their support is so solid. So I'm sure there'll be plenty making that that trip. Um, Bitten at home to First Division Warminster Town. Only got to be one winner there, isn't there? Surely that's what Roman Glass thought. Oh, that's exactly. what Porchester thought. So exactly. Bitten certainly can't take anything for granted um, against the Wiltshire men. 
And, um, well, Buckland Athletic for Bradford Town. I mean, Buckland are a very different prospect to the one that started this season, and I think that's going to be an absolute belter. Mm. Um, so, I mean, and as you say, quite rightly, Tom, the big shame about losing, uh, well, any of these sides, but, you know, either Buckland or Bradford, is you've got to believe that these are, you know, those are sides that could have actually gone quite deep in the competition on their own right had they not played each other. But anyway, we'll see who comes out on top in those clashes on next week's podcast. We will move on to our pick of the weekend in the Premier Division which team has uh, or which match has caught your eye Tom uh, I've gone for the, the bottom half of the table this time I've obviously spent quite a lot of time uh, concentrating on the top teams uh, we've got a big game at the bottom uh, Chipping Sodbury Town uh, hosting Wellington it's 19th v 20th and uh, yeah those two teams obviously uh, in need of points not down sitting sitting bottom at the moment and struggling to, to pick up any sort of points so if one of these two teams can start putting a run together uh, they might they might pull away from the from the bottom too. So a big game uh, for both Chipping Sudbury and Wellington when they they meet on Saturday afternoon uh, at three o'clock. And um, I'm going to go for the other end of the table. A very a very very competitive um, tie. Um, two Somerset sides, Bridgewater Town against Shepton Mallet, and Bridgewater of course enjoy a very um, strong following at home. They've got to be the favourites for this one, but Shepton have been putting in some really good performances all season, it has to be said. On their day, they're, um, they're a really um, difficult side for any team to handle, so I'm sure that will be a very, very competitive game if you are looking for a fixture to take in uh, in the Premier Division on Saturday. And then if we move on to the First Division, um, which team has, uh, uh, which game has, has caught your eye there, Tom? I've gone for Sherborne uh, against Caution, uh, Inform Caution, I think we can call them. They're doing, doing really well at the moment. Uh, they're in seventh, uh, but uh, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they continued their uh, sentency up the table. And they obviously, well, to do that, they'll have to beat some of the teams above them, obviously. And uh, Sherborne, one of those, sitting in fifth, as we said, obviously tough, tough result against Wales on the weekend. But yeah, um, see if the, the Zebras can bounce back against a, a decent Caution team on the weekend. And, uh, well, I'm going to go for Welton Rovers against Cheddar. This is um, something of a local derby. Obviously, it's not the big one for the Green Army, but certainly Cheddar aren't a million miles away. And on paper, you've got to make Cheddar the visitors' favourites uh, in this tie. But um, they're going to have to go some to um, uh, to take all three points at Welton Rovers. I know that uh, Welton haven't been in the greatest form this season, but um, I, that's one of those games I can see them getting up for. I think they'll want to play a bit of football against Cheddar. And as long as the weather's kind to them and... Uh, they can they can get it down at West Clues then uh, I think that uh, that could be a very entertaining game to watch now the last time we spoke Tom we did the uh, I think we did the goal scorers um, we've had a few games since then so um, not a great deal has changed I imagine on the league tables but we'll have a quick look just to see how things stand as we start 2020 mm, yeah absolutely so in the uh, Premier Division uh, your league leaders uh, as you say first first week of 2020 uh, is Bradford. Uh, they've played 18, uh, won 15 of those, and they've got 46 points. Uh, Plymouth Parkway, hot on their tail, 17 games played, so one in hand, and they're on 43. Uh, and then you've got Exmouth as well. They've played 16, and they're on 40. So those three teams have all uh, drawn one and lost two games. So obviously the uh, the winning record of uh, of Bradford having played it, uh, one more than Plymouth Parkway and two more than Exmouth is uh, yeah helping them uh, to top spot at the moment. But those three seem to be the, uh, yeah, probably the... Uh, the the two the three battling for for the top spot I would say uh, you've then got Hallen in fourth going great guns uh, 20 games played so they've played half their matches uh, they're on 39 points uh, and then you've got Clevedon in fifth who've played 22 matches and they're on 39 as well so that's that's the top top five in the Premier Division 
And if we look at the other end of the table, Odd Down currently uh, occupying 21st, 21st place, uh, 19 played, 10 points on the board. Wellington sit above them, um, 20 uh, games played, 11 points on the board. And then Chipping Sudbury, of course, for a long time, Chipping Sudbury had been on the foot of the table. Well, we heard from their manager a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and they were very optimistic about moving off the bottom. And then that's exactly what they've done. We know that they're looking up, not down. Uh, 19th place at the moment, 21 played, 13 points. Uh, that's exactly level with Bridport. We've also... Um, uh, played 21 and got 13 points. And um, uh, above them, of course, it's Roman Glass and George, who've only played 18. They're on 21 points. So that just goes to show the gap between the bottom four and the side in 17th. Now we'll move on to the first division, where Longwell Green lead the way. They do. Uh, yeah. So obviously the comeback win uh, on the weekend, helping them uh, retain top spot. Um, 18 games they've played. <clears throat> And they've won 12 of those, and they're on 38 points. Uh, so they sit top. Uh, you've then got, oh yeah, quite a quite a large chasing pack as we have done for for most of the season. It's not much separated uh, out quite yet. It might might start to do that a little bit maybe uh, in the next couple of weeks. But we've got Calm uh, in second. They've played 17 now on 35 points. Uh, you've then got three teams on 34 points. You've got Wales who've played 17. Uh, Radstock 16 and Sherborne who played 18 so those those three teams sit third fourth and fifth respectively on 34 points and then the other team over 30 points at the moment are Ashton and Backwell who've won half of their games they played 18 and they have 32 points yeah, one of the weird anomalies of the fixture of the uh, of the of the league table is that Ashton and Bratwell in sixth have got a minus goal difference. Mm, yeah, um, actually, it's not not quite as big as Corsham's, which is also a minus goal difference. <laughs> but that's um, one of the weird things about uh, the first division table. And if we look at the bottom of the first division table, Bish, uh, Bristol Telephones uh, played 19. They've got uh, just the eight points, uh, three points above them. Uh, Bishop Sutton, who've only played 16 games, they're on 11 points, and then um, one. Uh, the, the team that's immediately above uh, Bishop Sutton is my own Devizes Town. Um, played 17. Uh, they've got 14 points. And uh, this week, Devizes have announced a new manager. Nigel Tripp has um, has taken over at Nurstead Road, and he's going to have um, uh, his work cut out to move uh, the Wiltshire side away from the, the foot of the, uh, of, the, of the first division table. I hopefully look forward to catching up with him uh, in the next few weeks on the uh, on the Toolstation podcast. Now, before we uh, reflect on another excellent bulletin from, um, from Tom, um, I did notice that we've had an awards update. And congratulations need to go to Bradford Town Manager Wayne Thorne, who was presented with the Premier Division Team of the Month Award for November. That was by League Director Sue Merrill. So congratulations to everybody at Bradford Town, who, of course, are currently our Premier Division League leaders. Now, we have been reviewing your bulletin, Tom. Another excellent effort. Uh, where can we, uh, where can the listeners find that? Yeah, same place as last year. And there's a tab on the uh, Toolstation League website uh, along the top that takes you to the, the most recent um, uh, document uh, where you can download it as a, a PDF file in a, a Word uh, format. And there's also uh, another place to, to download and view that, which is uh, halfway down the, the homepage as well. So, yeah, that's in a couple of places and that usually comes out uh, Saturday uh, Saturday evening or, or, or Sunday lunchtime. Uh, and it looks back and uh, the games that have just happened and obviously see ahead to, to the week ahead. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much um, uh, uh, for your time today. It's lovely to have you back in for our first podcast of, uh, of 2020. 
hopefully my liver will have returned to its usual <laughs> size <laughs> when we speak this time next week and we of course have an opportunity to reflect on those fascinating FA Vars fourth round games but from Tom and myself you've been listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast